Welcome to the Spiritual Underground Podcast. This is Dan once again coming to you from the wood shop in my backyard at DTM Enterprises. Go to DTMWW.net for any kind of woodworking. I'm also doing handyman stuff, so if you're local around here, uh, you can contact me through that website, or uh, I'm a pretty available dude. So uh, that's uh, one commercial out of the way. Also go to spiritualunderground.org for uh, show notes, links to the podcast, pictures of the guests, various sort of things like that. There's a contact page there also for me and finally 12-step spiritual recovery is at amazon it is a book by james christopher cone and it is the 12 steps for everybody or uh if you just want to like raise your level of awareness with the 12 steps uh it could be looked at and i know this makes a little bit of a stretch and some people may balk at this but it is a master's course in the 12 steps so 12-step spiritual recovery by james christopher cone at amazon so today Ladies and gentlemen, we're coming around the uh, podcast microphones and once again talk about uh, quitting nicotine. Uh, I walk around, see my circles, and you know, there's not many people doing it anymore, but I still bump into the uh, a lot of smokers and a lot of uh, a lot of dippers and vapors that are looking to get off of the off of that substance. And uh, the three of us have seemed to have done that now for 660 something days a piece. I think I think uh, two of these guys are about 10 days and 21 days, I think, ahead of me. Uh, so I will do a little introduction here. Somebody's rattling around real hard. It looks like it's Billy. Uh, we'll just use our regular first names. We're going to bounce around with nicknames and stuff here. So Billy is a uh, a uh, friend of mine, he's the three of us come together. Y'all have heard Jim's story on a podcast uh, a few weeks ago. And Billy is one of the guys that was with us. You heard us talk about it. Uh, his nickname on the on the, on the the group, and then we'll bounce around from these handles, was Probe. And uh, which is uh, funny enough as it is, but it actually is rooted in that old Ford vehicle not yep, for well, probe yeah not what uh not what we want to call it yeah and, the real story is a whole lot less interesting yeah it really right is. yeah right how you doing billy glad good to have morning, you on gentlemen good morning jim morning billy so the other guy on here is the colonel and you've heard him and we have a special uh break in in the middle of this one we got some uh i got some uh jim is producing some content for me uh along the lines of uh, for quitting and nicotine and i'm kind of I'm, I'm really excited about starting to uh interject those into the podcast as uh uh we'll talk about that as we go along today but the, so jim the colonel also known as the colonel good morning brother morning brother love being here yeah man we're gonna have a good time this morning i can already feel it my uh hair on my arms is standing up a little bit because i'm tickled and uh and, and i like to have fun and i know you two guys do too and that's ended up basically really what brought us together in there really is that we all had a certain sense of humor you might say that uh that that caused us to connect questionable though it may be yeah definitely <laughs> all right so i'm gonna start off this is a little uh just bear with me here for just a moment. So, uh, in the fall and winter of uh, 2017, 2018, it was the fall of 2017, it was in October, uh, some people got together, people were trying to quit nicotine and joined this site that uh, helped you do that. Uh, you kind of come in in these 30-day groups of people who quit together. And the gist of it was, was to make connections with other people who were quitting. Uh, there's a little bit of a uh, mentorship kind of thing of those that have been down the path further, guiding you and helping you to uh, understand and know that the symptoms that you're feeling are normal and allowing also one particular thing was, is, is that when you're coming off nicotine, it tends to piss you the fuck off. 
And what we call that is rage. So that's also a place where we could come and rage on one another and know that's what we were doing rather than to place that on our wives, children, husbands, employer, employers, employees, and other people. And we could absorb that rage uh, in a safe atmosphere. So uh, three of us met there. And uh, so some a lot of uh, there's a big, long story about that. And today we're going to talk about uh, our main focus today is to hear about Billy's nicotine quitting journey. Uh, matter of fact, I probably ought to do a nicotine quitting journey podcast of my own. I've done my my alcohol and dope one, but it, it may be worthwhile to do one just of my point of view on that. So I want to read a little something here. Uh, this this I'll explain it in just a minute. Just listen. January Fury meets the February wine mixers, written by CNC. After an irritating day in January House of Fury, the Colonel, Dog, and Shrains decided to slip away from Joss's incessant rambling. They decided to visit their brothers over in February for a change. The house that has always been the most quiet neighbor in the entire development. Then again, who could make enough noise next door to drown out the shitstorms in January? Upon arriving, they found the front door left wide open and no heightened security against the riots and demonstrations, no sandbags to protect the sentries, nothing of the sort. Hell, the door is still attached by the hinges and fully functional. So, they just invited themselves in, and once through the door, they were overwhelmed by a nicely scented house with very elegant decor. You have to be fucking kidding me, mutters the colonel. Q-Dog immediately starts inspecting the nice wooden furniture and handmade knickknacks throughout the foyer. Shrains walks in confidently into the next room to find a handful of February's quitters perched throughout the room, again on nicely crafted word furniture, sipping delicately at their wine and wine spritzers. Greetings, fellow quitters, and welcome to the Catalina Wine Mixer. Glad to see you finally come over for a visit, Doc excitedly announces as the visitors cautiously take in the scenery. Dog, you've got to come in here and check this out, said the colonel, and you might as well close your eyes and ears, suggests Shrains. Whoa, man, these guys have got this stuff down. I have to add this to my video collection, responds Q-Dog as he instantly decides to handle each piece of furniture, running his hands along each surface, fully impressed by the craftsmanship. I don't know, Colonel. You might actually have to want to see this after all. Hesitantly, the Colonel rounds the corner, still vigilant for the booby traps or hidden weaponry. What the fuck is this? Just then, the lumber guy chimes in. Hey, Colonel, grab a drink. Take a seat with us. We're just about to watch another Will Ferrell movie. You interested? Uh, replies the Colonel, doing his best to take in the situation before him. You have no bullet holes in your walls, no burn marks on your carpet or furniture, and no spent shell casings everywhere. That's right, Colonel, says Josh 605 as he carefully places his wine glass on the elegant coffee table in front of him so he can unlace his lineman boots. Pretty nice, huh? Doc continues with the greetings. That's right, guys. We have a nice, quiet house here, and we like it that way. We didn't need all that rough stuff. We're just in here in the neighborhood quitting like everyone else. We love it here. And uh, this actually, here's the, I stopped. This is not part of the thing, but it, it has the three initials. Oh, fuck it. I'll just do it. We love it here in KTC Chase. Great place to settle in. The colonel stands motionless, gritting his teeth, still stunned that no one is shooting at him or chucking grenades back and forth. Just cry me a fucking river. How is this possible? He whispers under his breath. Seeing what is happening, Q-Dog grabs the colonel's arm and starts guiding him towards the front door. Hey, CNC, this might be a bit much for you right now. Let's go back to the Fury and have some target practice, okay? I'm sure we can find someone you can shoot at. Sound good? 
Yeah, that sounds good, dog. But did you see this place? Fuck me to tears already. I've never seen anything quite like it, the colonel admits as he walks out of the February house, shaking his head in disbelief, waving goodbye without looking over his shoulder. Meanwhile, in the living room, Shrains conducts his usual diplomacy with the neighbors. Sorry about that, guys. We've seen a lot of action over in January. The colonel was not intending to be rude. We all love your house. Keep it up, and we will stop by again sometime. We might even drag Probe along next time. To be continued. Dot, dot, dot. So, I just thought I would pull out the old parts of the uh, narrative that was written. Most of it by uh, by the colonel here, by Jim, but uh, pieces of it by uh, who was a guy named Dr. B. Uh, was it Coach Steve come in and did a little bit? And I kind of, I sit back last night and read through the entire uh, 31 pages of narrative on my computer. Uh, uh, brought back some memories. Oh, yeah. It does indeed. Great times. Yeah, it was fun. And it was very reminiscent of the way it really was. Even though we were in this virtual uh, virtual world, it really did feel like a, somewhat of a battleground and like a uh, post-apocalyptic uh, uh, atmosphere. The technical term, I believe, would be a shitstorm. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. So I'm going to, uh, just for fun, I'm going to pull some things and read a little more of this today. And I wondered, I think I might, I was considering it last night to actually read and dictate this entire narrative into uh, audio form and uh, and see if I wouldn't post it maybe sometime. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, it's, it's a little broken up and it's, a, you know, I mean, it could be tightened up and that kind of thing if it was from a literary standpoint. But I like the rawness of how, how it sits today. And, uh, and of course, it was really cool because people were writing little pieces of it and other people were waiting for a new version to come out. And that was another thing that was going on with our group. Uh, people were waiting for my videos. People were waiting for new chapters of the narrative. And people were watching us and having fun quitting with us. And guaranteed Billy's Park gets more and more interesting as we go. It certainly does. And that was uh, a very good little, uh, you know, you don't want to bring in all the characters in scene one, right? Uh, you, 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 you gotta, you gotta save a little bit and, and, and bring in the, the character building, uh, at a, at a slower pace or at the right, not pace, the, the correct pace. And, and that's done pretty good here after reading it last night. It is, uh, had me laughing out loud sitting here by myself. <laughs> I started to record it last night, but my son was in the other room behind me, uh, playing Xbox and he's shooting up people and doing stuff, and he's in there yelling. And when I like tried to listen back to it, I was like, yeah, that's not going to work. I'm going to have to have a more sterile environment to do that. Audio well, that work. is a great background uh, 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 soundtrack yeah, it, for yeah. the January house. Yeah, It really would be. Yeah, except for it's a 15-year-old kid in there uh, <laughs> screaming and hollering. <laughs> So what we want to do today a little bit, uh, I'm gonna, I'm, as we talk today, I want to pull Billy's story out a little bit. Um and, and I always, you know, y'all know how I feel about these addictions and, and, and that. And I see the same things. My recovery from alcoholism is not a lot different than, than what we do finding ourselves needing nicotine as a drug. Uh, it is a drug. It is uh, meant to change our being. It's meant the reason we take it is because it makes us change. It changes the way we feel. Uh, what I always say is that, you know, the real deal is, is I need to get to the root of why do I need to change the way I feel before I can actually stop the, the, the drug. Uh, usually everybody has their reason why they decided to do that, you know, and by the time, uh, by the time we're well under the grips of the addiction, it's not changing the way you feel anymore. It's keeping you normal, right? 
you need that just to be normal. It's when you what changes the way you feel is when you stop taking it, <laughs> and that's you. You don't like that feeling anymore. So in the beginning, you find it and you you walk into it and it, and it helps you, and then it becomes a, a necessity. It's no longer a uh, no longer a uh, a luxury. It becomes a necessity, is what we say. Right. And basically, you just you just need it to maintain your what I used to call the new normal. Yep, the new normal, no doubt. Uh, so, Billy. Yes. Uh, just give me a little bit of a background on like where you grew up, how many brothers and sisters, just a little bit of something about how you came about and what your childhood was like. You know, we don't need to like get delving into it big time, but just an idea about where you were raised, that kind of thing. Well, I'm. I'm the oldest of four kids. Uh, I was an army brat, so we were really all over. Uh, my dad uh, was in the army and then he switched to the Air Force and uh, he retired after 36 years in the Air Force uh, as an E-9, uh, which, uh, you know, for people who might not know uh, that, you know, I am I, I, justifiably proud of him for that accomplishment. It's something. Uh, not a lot of people uh, uh, who go the military route are able to accomplish. So I was in many states in Germany is the only foreign country that I was in. But just, I guess if I had to say what was home as a child, Indiana is where I kind of uh, where, my, where my grandparents were uh, as an adult. Uh, you know, I spent 25 years in Colorado. So, uh, you know, <laughs> temporarily deployed uh, to Illinois. Yeah. So what part of Indiana? You told me before, but the listeners haven't. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, uh, the Seymour area. Yeah. 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 About 40 miles up the road from me, mm-hmm. uh, straight up I-65. So what is that? Southern, more Southern Indiana? Southern Indiana. Yeah. It'd be okay. Southern. It's probably about midway. It's probably about the midway between Indianapolis, which is dead center in the state and like down in Louisville, New Albany, where I'm at, it's probably just almost a dead center point between that. So, oh, so that would have been like on my route from Fort Knox to my home in Illinois. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'd shoot straight up to be. Indianapolis and then West to uh, Champaign. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, um, I feel I'm watching my voice peg out in the recording. I'm, it looks like I'm a bit hot. I moved the microphone. You're just a excited bit. to have the three of us around. Yeah, on the yeah. same podcast. I moved the microphone a little bit far away from me uh, on purpose. So, also, what the next thing I'd ask would be about when you know if you can remember, like how did as you came up and that kind of thing, and what brought you to starting to use nicotine? Can you remember? Well, I was in the army, so I was, you know, I I was old enough to know better when I started. It's not like I was 13 or 14. I uh-huh. was in the army. And, uh, you know, most people in the army smoked. At, in those days, you could even smoke in basic training. Uh, you know, they allowed you, you know, smoke them if you got them. Was Damn, the that was a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, but I never really got the hang of smoking. I did try it. And, and in fact, later on, I did smoke for a few years, uh, but I'm getting, get a, getting a little bit ahead of myself. But I started chewing in the Army uh, because tobacco use was cool, uh, I, yeah. I guess. Uh, but again, you know, I was, I was old enough I shouldn't have gone down that road uh, because I thought it was cool. Uh, but it started me down a path that, uh, you know, 40 years, later, 40 years later, I got away from it. 
Do you uh, recall the first time somebody handed you some nicotine? Uh, you know, I really don't. Don't you? Uh, uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, I, I can understand I, that. I remember, uh, you know, trying to smoke a time or two, not particularly getting into it. And for some reason, you know, I remembered my granddad chewed chewing tobacco, you know, not 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 yep. like Copenhagen, but like Red Man or something right. nasty. Like, And I think I even tried that. Oh, man, that stuff is nasty. Uh, well, know. that's exactly how my very first start was. My my grandpa chewed something, and I'm pretty sure it was called Mammoth Cave, and it was in a rope. It was it was it was like a hard twisted, and and you cut it off with a pocket knife, and you had to have a lot of saliva to get it going. Yeah, it was dry tobacco. It wasn't Ooh, moist. Yum. It wasn't moist tobacco like Red Man or Beech Nut or something like that. But I did graduate to that because guys that Dad deer hunted with. Had uh, had beech nut and and red man and stuff like that around that I would grab. So Billy, and would you say it was kind of a gradual uh, that it became a habit, or did did you take right to it? I believe uh, I, I took took right to it like a fish to water. You know, I, it was uh, uh, you know I think I started with skull. It didn't take me long to to, uh, to you know Copenhagen was my go to chew. Uh, for go. for Both the vast majority of that time, uh, but I think I started with Skull because it's a little bit gentler, you know, and and a little bit more tolerable, uh, you know, and then like I said, graduated to Copenhagen relatively quickly. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I never did make it to. I feel like a lightweight. Never did make it to Copenhagen. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's that's what the real men chew down. Yeah, that's yeah. probably why uh, yeah. you never got there. That's probably the case, man. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, the most of the time I would realize, I go, you know what, man, probably the fact of the matter is I'm really not that bad. I'm not as bad as you guys. And I could probably actually go back to it and not really have a problem. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, so that was probably what what that been like in your early 20s. Yeah, I was in I, I joined the Army right out of high school. I got in a little bit of trouble uh, uh in, in high school, toward the end of my high school career, and really had the choice of going to jail or going in the army. They did that in those days. Yeah. And uh, I, I made the decision to go in the army. So I went in the army right out of high school. Uh, I graduated from high school in 1975, before most of you guys were born. Uh, and uh, oh, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it got out in '78. So I spent three years in the army. Three. Uh, I heard you say and most that. of that was in Germany. No, no, no. My dad, I was in Germany with my dad when my dad was oh, in Oh, that's Army. right. I spent all three of those years in Fort Hood, Texas. Mm. We always said if God wanted to give the world an enema, that's where he would stick the syringe. <laughs> it was a horrible place. I hated every minute of it. Have you been uh, there, Jim? Oh, Fort Hood, yeah. It's You know what? It's probably 10 times, maybe 100 times better than what Billy remembers. Um, but it's huge. It's the biggest... I believe it's the biggest army base um, in the uh, in the army right now. Lots I, of soldiers. I believe that's correct. Now they used to where I ended up at Fort Polk. That truly is the shithole of the army. They said when you flush a toilet at Fort Chaffee, it came out at Fort Polk. Yeah. And so, so but they, yeah, I spent some time at Hood. Cool. I was just, you know, I don't know the military guys, and I do like that. How well the fact is is that so many people started a nicotine journey in the in in the military, you know, in, in some kind of deal like that. That's when you started, basically, wasn't it, Jim? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so. And you know what? I know Billy and I probably talked about this, uh, you know, more than more than a couple times. But I didn't I didn't realize until just today how similar his story was to mine. It was because of the army that I started. So I, I don't know how we uh, how I missed that part, Billy. Yeah. Well, you kind yeah, of, yeah. kind of find it. Well, you know, a lot of those combinations in people's stories, like I said, that's that's exactly the point that I say when I say that somebody else needs to hear your story. You know, and it's that kind of that kind of correlation right there is why, because somebody can go, oh man, that sounds like me. Uh, so then you started. You just kept on going, and and I don't know if you're comfortable talking, but you've shared with me some other uh, substances and things that you fell into over the years, and uh, you know, nobody knows your last name on here, so there'll be a certain amount of of, uh... Oh, certainly. As I got, uh, uh, you know, in, in in the army, uh, marijuana was was a, well, drugs were, were were relatively popular. I really never did much in the army other than marijuana. Uh, but uh, you know, and they say marijuana is a gateway drug. I never really believed that, but I can assure you, marijuana was a gateway drug for me. Mm, uh, me too. You know, because I then went to, I mean, you know, I did drugs that, that, that you know, it's just unbelievable that I look back on now. My favorite drug was cocaine. Uh, you, you know, the, the powder cocaine, what they call powder cocaine, uh, you know, uh, snorting cocaine was, you know, if you had cocaine, this, this now, now I'm, I'm out of the army by the time I get into, into, into seriously into drugs. Uh, <clears throat> but if you had cocaine, you know, you were cool. Right. Uh, you know, you you know, you can get the chicks. You know, if you had cocaine. Uh, yeah, as long as you're wearing your platform shoes with the uh, goldfish in the base and the, you know, your bell bottoms and hanging out at discotheques, right? <laughs> well, that that really wasn't my cup of tea, but y- yes, uh, <laughs> that, for the most part, that's the way it was. Uh, you know, I just I just I show I associated with some shady characters. Uh, did some things I'm not particularly proud of as far as uh, making money. Uh, you know, well, I was dealing cocaine, uh, you know, to so I could afford because cocaine was an expensive drug in those days. I think it's relatively inexpensive now, but it's expensive in those days. And I had a family to support. So I would deal cocaine so I could afford to snort cocaine. And I and, and I really didn't make any money on it. I snorted the profits of the uh, uh from my cocaine. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty typical way of uh, doing drugs is to uh, sell a little bit to support your habit. Yeah. So you'd Absolutely. already gotten married and had kids uh, before you got out, or yes, when did that yes, happen? I, yeah, you know, babies having babies is basically uh, what it was. You know, my oldest son, I am 62, and my, and my I was 20 when my oldest son was born. That's too young to be having kids. Well, but it's relatively normal, and it's not, and it was normal then. Yeah, yeah. You know, here, Ed, Billy, just real quick before you continue. Okay, you're 12 days ahead of me on my quit, and you're also I'm... 12, exactly 12 years older than me. <laughs> really? My God. <laughs> it still doesn't, you know, never ceases to amaze me how the three of us got uh, got linked up. But anyway, uh, you know, continue. I'm sorry. I, I had to point that out. Yeah, no, no, that, no, that's 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 quite all right. It's a conversation. That's uh, that's quite all right. But but uh, how I really kind of, and, and in the meantime, I did lots of different drugs: acid, uh, angel dust. Uh, you know, drugs that are that I'm not even sure they're. I'm not even sure acid is still 
something people do. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure uh, angel it dust is. is something people do because you know that that angel dust is a terrible drug. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, that's around either. Yeah, uh, but the way I got, I kind of quit, got away from it, was a company I was working for, and and you know I had a fairly, I had a good job. Uh, for my age, I was considered very successful in this company. And they started doing random drug testing. And I thought to myself, I, I, I will not lose this job yeah. over drugs. Mm. And I just quit. Wow. And I mean, I was a multiple time a day user of cocaine. That, 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 that was my go-to drug was cocaine and marijuana, of course, you know, mar marijuana, you know, was there through the whole time. Uh, the other stupid drugs were just on occasion. Uh, but, co you know, cocaine was the drug I did every day. Marijuana was a drug I did every day. And when they started doing random drug testing, I, I couldn't risk losing the job. It, 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 was a, it was a job that would have been difficult to replace financially. And so I made the decision to quit and I never looked back. Yeah, that's one of the. Uh, that's actually one of the principal things about like an addiction, if uh, you know. And and I know you know, there's always exceptions, so there's never like a hard and fast line. But if you're able to actually put it down for some good reason, usually you know, usually a true addict can't actually do that. They would fuck that up. <laughs> they, yeah. they they would have lost the job had they, uh, you know, we, like for me, I just kept on saying I was going to quit, but I just never did. <laughs> well, it sounds like you were lucky and you got out alive, Billy. You got out alive. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm not exactly sure. You, you know, to tell you the truth, I never really considered myself addicted. I always thought I could quit anytime I wanted to. And in that case, I was right. Yeah, right. Yeah, because that is actually something we all think, too, that we can quit anytime oh, we course. want to. But, but, yeah, to actually pull it off, and that's the difference. So did you actually quit, Mike, or did you just, like, start doing it really in a way that you weren't going to get caught? No, uh, I, I couldn't risk it. I stopped. Okay. I, 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 when, when they announced this policy, and, and funnily enough, I was never randomly drug tested. It never, I, I never got called. Well, that's interesting. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, I just I said I can't do this. I, I've got a family to support, and uh, you know, I've got a, a job that enables me to have a lot of fun. Uh, and so I just quit and, and never didn't didn't try to you know do sneaky stuff, ways not get caught. Uh, you know, you you hear of people uh, diluted urine samples and stuff. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, not not me. Buying pee. <laughs> uh, yes exactly yeah i remember uh when one of my first trips really she rocked me the first time i was trying to get sober i went into a rehab place and a guy was coming around wanting to know if he could buy he, is your pee clean i was like yeah mine's clean they said uh can i buy it <laughs> oh went, my god yeah and and i was really totally you know it's rocked me i didn't i was there for the re real reasons and i thought everybody else was too uh now billy are, are was it easy or you just had the right mindset and determination that you weren't gonna, well, you you weren't gonna lapse. Uh, how'd that go? Yeah, you know, I didn't find it particularly challenging at all. Uh, and and even obviously after that, you know, people that I'd associated with, you know, I remember going to the fair and uh, standing in line to get into the bathroom. It, 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 the, the the concert I'd, I'd gone to was over, and so I was going to the bathroom. And as, as I was going in the bathroom, 
a, a guy from my drug days came out and he, he asked me if I wanted a little snort. And no, uh, no, no thanks. Wow. Hmm. So the con- what is is the consequences were too high, the risk was too great, and you just weren't worth weren't weren't willing to uh, uh, to walk down that path or not not yeah. take a chance to do it. Let me ask you this: exactly. Uh, well, but uh, so you probably quit all the drugs, right? You quit smoking dope. You quit anything, put anything in you because they they tested you to be for everything. But as far as the, but but drinking is not illegal, so you probably continue to do that. Oh, certainly. Yeah. A lot of times what will happen is you put one thing down, you actually start doing the other thing a little more than before, almost as a compensation kind of thing. So you never looked back on the cocaine, huh? No, I really didn't. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, the, the, the lifestyle I was in to, to, to support that habit was something I knew I had to get away from because it was going to cause me serious issues at some point. You know, you, I was going to get caught. Yeah. You know, you, you, you can't, you can't, de- no, nobody deals drugs long term nope. and doesn't get caught. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and that would have caused me, but I, I, can't, I can't believe that reason alone because I would have lost my job if I'd have got caught dealing drugs. Come on. Uh, but, you know, like, like I say, what, what motivated me was when they started the random drug testing. That, that was, the, that was the catalyst uh, that caused me to say, okay, uh, I, I, I can't do this. So the writing was on the wall, and good, you you read it. Uh, that's the most important thing, you know, takeaway on that, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, not everybody is that lucky to have that, at least that, that moment of clarity to go, it's now or never. Well, like Dan said, you know, most people who were into what I was into don't just do you know, losing a job isn't enough of a reason to stop they lose several jobs they lose wives they lose houses uh you know i never suffered any of that i was very fortunate uh, i you know I, I did not have to learn my lesson the hard way yeah how fortunate were you for that man that is big so you just but this whole time we're dipping right oh of course that did you <laughs> did you sleep with it no no, I never did do that. Did you fall? I'm not going to say I didn't fall asleep yeah. with it. Maybe one, you know, once or twice, but no. But but it was the last thing I, you know, spitting it out was the last thing before I went to sleep at night, and getting a dip was the first thing in the morning. Yeah, I still have a stain next to my bed from a knocked over spit cup that I look at every day. <laughs> uh, like, uh, dang man, uh, in the carpet. So, uh, how much did you do a day, Billy? I was about. I was pretty much a can a day, and you know, here's another weird. I never did spit. Swallowed. Oh my swallowed. God! You gutted it all that oh, time. Yeah. Hell yeah! Forty years, buddy. Wow, man! I could not get that, man. I could not. I knew guys that did it, and I watched guys. But, but uh, it makes my stomach turn talking thinking about it. Anytime Dan, I'm telling you, Copenhagen swallowing Copenhagen. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, if I actually, you know, you'd end up in those spots where you were like, weren't it wasn't cool to spit, you know, you'd have a big dip and you'd just be caught someplace and you know just be in one of the spots where you, it just wasn't cool to spit, and then end up swallowing it by accident. Man, they give me the hiccups. It'd be, you know, everything but puking most of the time. Uh-huh. Well, it's about causing me a, a, a freaking gag reflex right now thinking uh-huh. about it. <laughs> So that's actually, and I know that, you know, the, some of the repercussions, one of the big ones is we had a buddy the other day and he was just joking around in another group and he was talking about quitting smoking and think he was going to pick up dipping. Instead, he seemed to be cheaper. Now, he was doing it all in tongue in cheek. Uh, but 
I was I went through all the cool stuff about dipping, like the stains on your pillows and uh, all the other cool, neat things about having you know going to kiss your girlfriend and got all that crap in your teeth. And uh, I don't remember all the different kind of things we were talked about, but I actually went out and I pulled some of those old nic- those nicotine pictures or those dipping pictures of people's where they remove people's jaws and stuff. Uh, but the fact that this whole gutting it deal throws it into a whole nother deal you know we're kind of uh, limited to what happens up in the oral region once you start swallowing it man you're sending that poison all the way through you yep. so what what uh what uh drove your decision to quit then billy was it like all of a sudden fear of uh, stomach cancer or something well no no uh you know i i never seriously tried to quit in the whole 40 years I chewed, I never seriously tried to quit. I remember going to the doctor. You had to go to the doctor in those days and getting the nicotine patch one time. Uh, and all I did was the patch and chew. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 a friend of mine had, had chewed and smoked and he said to quit, and he quit both. And he said, he said to quit smoking was a lot easier than to quit chewing. So I, this is where I started smoking. For just a few years, I smoked. I said, okay, I'll start smoking. I'll quit chewing, and then I'll easily quit smoking. Well, what did I do? I chewed and I smoked. So I quit yep. smoking. And, you know, that was, that was stupid. Uh, but what, what, what motivated me to quit was I got heart disease. And, uh, you know, I was going to have to have bypass surgery. So my, my journey to quitting was probably easier than most people's, too. Because when I was going in for the bypass surgery, which is which is pretty major surgery, uh, you know, I, I knew I was going to be laid up for some time and not even want to chew. Uh, and, and I thought that period of time was probably going to be about a week. So I said, you know, this is a this I always knew I was going to quit someday, uh, but this would be a good time because it was going to be a week or so before I'd even feel like chewing. The physical part of it would be over. The, the physical, you, you, you know, the nicotine would be out of my system. Then it was just a matter of kicking the, the psychological crap from there on. So right. b- because of the, of the surgery I had, and, and really, you know, it's a, it, it's, it's a, it's a difficult surgery. Uh, it, being laid up, if you will, for a period of time after the surgery, my journey to quit chewing was not all that difficult either. Now, I'm not going to say, as I got to feeling better, I didn't really want to chew. As you guys know, I'd reach in my pocket for my chew that wasn't there. I'd get up in the morning and, and, and go to get a chew, and it wasn't there. You know, and, oh, yeah, I quit. Uh, you know, but, but uh, you know, I think I had it. I think my quitting was easier than most people because of the, of the surgery I had to go through to uh, correct some deficiencies there. Well, maybe not so much easier, but you, you were more motivated with that life or death uh, hammer lingering over your head, right? It's consequences. Well, one, of the, one of the things I would kind of like to point out, see, you know, when you go to the doctor, you know, the doctor always says, do you smoke? Well, no, I don't smoke. But I don't think that's the question the doctor ought to be asking. The doctor ought to be asking, do you use nicotine? There you go. Because what I found is, as you know, we've, we've always known that, that smoking, quote unquote, causes heart disease, lung disease, yada, 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 or, you know, but it's really what I found is it's not smoking that does it. 
It's the nicotine that does it. Nicotine clogs your arteries and stuff like that and causes the, not necessarily causes, but complicates causes, if you, I guess causes is an okay word, the issues that, that you know, heart disease and, and coronary artery disease and that, that sort of stuff. So it, chewing is not better than smoking. Any kind, I find of it's worse. any kind of nicotine usage is something people ought to really give. And I'm not, I'm not preaching. And if a guy wants to chew or smoke, you know, I don't care. It doesn't make any difference to me. But it's the nicotine usage that uh, that causes issues. And that, you know, like I say, the doctor, do, doctors ought to ask, do you use nicotine, not do you smoke? Yeah, that's uh, I got that from a long time of asking, you know, being able to dodge that. Do you smoke? Because I could even do for a while and say no, uh, but just limit that. To say it had to do with cigarettes, and I was vaping, you know, so mm-hmm. I could say no, I don't smoke, you know, and uh-huh. <laughs> a lot of wiggle rooms around that stuff. Oh, absolutely. You spare absolutely. your lungs, but you know, I mean, it's it's again, it's the delivery method. I don't think it. It's probably not healthy to be on a nicotine patch. I'm sure it's not. I, I think nicotine is not good for you. Yeah. Or else you'd be born with a, a generator inside of you that made it. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So this, uh, the consequences is usually what drives most people to find in some other way, like you, what happened with you. Um, you had this health event. That's a, usually a big one that'll happen. It's usually somebody or something like that that ends up coming in and saying, okay, buddy, uh, time to reconsider what you're doing. And and that was enough for you. You How'd you bump into the... So, so where'd you go when you decided you was going to quit? You just, how'd you run into our common meeting place? Okay. Uh, I was in the hospital recovering from surgery and I said, you know, I'm going to do some internet research and see if there's some kind of, uh, cause I knew there was all kinds of support groups on the internet for different things that people might be seeking support for. So I thought I'm going to see if I can find a support group, uh, that, that might help me quit chewing. And that's how I came across the big one where we, where we met. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I guess there's, you know, the, I have a little thing in me that doesn't want to give them any necessarily any uh, advertisement or whatever, but the fact of the matter was it did get me off the sub- substance. Uh, and so I, I did receive the help that I was looking for when I was there. I just didn't expect Absolutely. to get, I just didn't expect to get kicked in the balls while I was there in the meantime. <laughs> And uh, I agree with that. Uh, you know, I guess I, I guess what I wonder is if their method is any more successful. I, I don't think they have any scientific evidence to support their contention that their method is the only way to quit, which is really pretty much what they say. Uh, you know, and, and we know that's not true. There are many people who have quit uh, nicotine use who have never heard of KTC. Right. Uh, you know, and, and I, I wonder if you would do a scientific study if KTC is any more successful at getting people to quit than cold turkey, than gum, the patch, hypnosis, uh, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know. There you know is what? some science that will that will show that mutual support groups, and that's what any kind of 12-step group is, and that's what KTC is and that kind of stuff, that a mutual support group will increase the odds of you staying quit. There actually is some, some scientific... Uh, uh studies that will that 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 would lead that lead there but as far as like the actual mechanics of how to get how to do it no and i'll I'll also uh add on that one that 
each uh, of all the sites that I also kind of uh, bounced around to uh, after our tragic day last year, um, their their method also fit a certain type of uh, dynamic, a personality dynamic. I mean, okay, I'm a hardcore nicotine user. I didn't need somebody coddling my testicles <laughs> saying, Jim, everything's going to be okay. You know, I needed to get that boot in the ass every now and then. Um, and, and I think that site provided that for me. I was a hard case. I know it. I admit it. Um, and then there, uh, I, I think uh, what could have worked uh, for, you know, somebody else might not have worked for me. You, you see what I'm saying? So, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I think probably that site was suitable for, you know, the three malcontents, you know, uh, us three malcontents. Uh, it, it worked because it got through our thick attic brain, you know, got to it saying, look, uh, <laughs> you need to come to, you got to get a grip on reality here. You've got an addiction and uh, we're going to help you with it. Now, I'm not going to get, this is not undue props to them, not the people that uh, made it miserable for us. I'm talking about the original environment. And remember, I, I've, I've known that site for 10 years. Right, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, quite a bit longer so the, than I, you know, I, I realized right, a, relatively early in my tenure at KTC that I was not going to be there very long. It was not really my cup of tea, but... You know, I, I developed relationships with with a few people, you guys, and a few other a few other people that that kind of you know I, I I enjoyed the interaction and I was there for that. I really don't feel like KTC did much for me personally uh, to aid my quit. Uh, the people there, the, the you know perhaps uh, the, the the interaction with the people there, which is what it was all about, really, uh, might have been of of some help. But I really, because of the health scare I had, I don't, I don't think I would have gone relapsed anyway. Uh, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. I, you know, I, I, I was there for the interaction. And when you guys uh, left under the circumstances, you, you know, I kind of uh, uh, burned bridges behind me, as you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, well, I, I mean, we all, all three of us can agree that our ability, once we kind of got our feet on the ground or started to, you know, our tippy toes on the quick ground, and then we could start reaching out and helping the, the guys just starting out. And you got to admit, there's just something very uh, rewarding about that. And you just want to stick around. You, you want to keep on helping the youngins so they too can feel or begin to feel uh, better. Yep. We call it keeping it green in 12-step stuff. So as long as I'm keeping around people who are new in recovery and trying to get better, that kind of keeps me back remembering, like you, I think you always say, Jim, to always remember your day one or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. So that, that helps you remember that because one, one of the other things about an addiction like that is the further you get away from it, the actual, you know, you actually, your mind will turn off and begin to think that it never really happened for you, that you can actually do it again. Uh, I know right now that if I I learned later on that if I if I go to the store and get a dip, I'm going to be dipping for some time. <laughs> it's not going to be just a dip. So being around people who are starting and just trying to get 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 going, quitting helped me, and I still miss that point of it. I really do. 
I like it when we get like now we get a guy now and again who comes in and is uh, relatively early in in uh, in in their quit, whether if they've tried before or not. It helps me when somebody's in there who is new. Oh, I agree. And you know what? I'll give a shout out to Tony. I'm glad he came and joined our little uh, our little club because uh, it 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 helps me. It supports my quit to be able to help him. And, and, you know, walk down memory lane and go, okay, I remember day 40 and hat tip to him uh, for uh, making it to uh, 40 and beyond so far. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, when you watch people sometimes you see like uh, people not really into it and, and Tony's initial try knew he wasn't necessarily committed, but I see a different thing in him today. Uh, there's a commitment in his eyes and in his heart, and I get the opportunity to see him face-to-face, so I see a commitment in him that I didn't see before. So, uh, Billy, do you remember Do you remember the uh, the Tony days in the, back in the Fury? Uh, you know, I kind of remember Tony. I, I believe he caved, didn't he, uh, you know, yep. he, while, while we were still there. Yes, he did. Uh, that, he didn't really last did. very long. I don't really remember how yeah, many days I, he made it. Yeah, that's my recollection, but... too. Uh, they, that he didn't really last very long. You know, I mean, I, I remember, you know, several people there. Josh, you know, I wonder what ever happened to him. I assume he caved. Uh, uh, you mean you know, jo- uh, Josh the Loser? Josh the Loser, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I assume he Poor caved. kid. Yeah. Uh, the, the, there's a gal that, that uh, I forget what her nickname was. She still texts me. Uh, there's know, two of them. There's two gals that were in our original group, Angel and uh, Done With It. That that's the one. That, I'm that still in her, contact with her. both of them. Yeah. I'm still in daily contact with them with it, but uh, now and again contact with Angel. Now Angel kind of burned bridges too, didn't she? Is I don't really know. I know she yeah. was posting for a while, and uh, she'll she'll reach out to me once in a while, or I'll reach out to her on like uh, I kind of still keep track of some people, and I know where they're at, how many days behind they are, and that. I yeah. actually still have. I run in the other day on the computer because this is actually one of the ways that we all started getting together, and I don't know how this actually happened. I knew when I came into twelve step recovery from doing my twelve step recovery that it was important for me to actually be an active participant in my recovery, not a not a not absorbed by osmosis. I need to be actively doing shit uh, <laughs> rather than just coming in and posting and ghosting in the morning. Uh-huh. So when I heard you guys talking about the spreadsheet where you guys were, where people were keeping track of us, <laughs> so to speak, uh, I wanted to be a part of that. And I know that you, us three and, uh, and Steve were the ones who were uh, managing that spreadsheet in the beginning, or I guess, you know, throughout our tenure anyway. Uh, I still have a copy of that spreadsheet. Do you? Where I pulled it off and kept it. Yeah, it actually still yeah. works to some extent. It still operates. But, well, you know, it wasn't, really... it wasn't kept up. I was a backup. I, one time I went in to do it and I saved a copy of it just in case I fucked it up and needed to, you know, retreat and, re, re, and, and reassemble it. I never really felt like I actively participated in helping other people uh, with their quit like you guys did. Uh, you know, I, there was no question that, 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 that you guys actively went after people and did what you could to help them. I never really felt like I did that. However, having said that, I recall now a number of groups. I, I was kind of the class clown, you know, uh, of January. It, it, to my way of thinking, that's how I see myself. We seldom see ourselves as others see us, though. Uh, you know, but I was kind of the class clown. There were other groups. Uh, newer groups that would say, "Hey, come in here and stir shit up, will you?" You know. <laughs> so, but you Billy, know, you know I what? Was, maybe I was more helpful than I thought. 
You uh, were, just in, and I'll just in a different way. I, I'm gonna say you helped in a way that suited you. Okay, you know you couldn't be you couldn't be a Q dog the Zen master quit. You couldn't be uh, Colonel No Cope the the serial caver made good. You were probe, and probe was a jokester. Probe pushed buttons. You were the perfect distraction for the guys that needed it most. And what do what 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 does an, an addict really need in those early days? He needs to forget his problems. Yeah, distraction. And, and yeah, he needs a distraction. And Billy, by God, it, you know, I, I I'll never be able to tell you how much you helped me just by being the class clown. Yeah, because I still say shit stir. Yeah, I still the council. The council has spoken. Yeah, I still say <laughs> carry on. Who the, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Yeah, who the fuck oh. are you? <laughs> uh, so, who are you again? Get yeah, so hold on. All right, so we'll just go with that. So here, let's, part two, February to Fury, written by Dr. B. Several go days later in the Catalina wine mixer house, a gentleman, the gentlemen were still talking excitingly about the recent visitors. Did you hear what they said? Bullet holes. Can you even imagine? Flyboy exclaimed. I know what you mean, brother. It sounds terrible, but yet I'm oddly excited by the, about the thought. Perhaps we should play, pay them a visit, suggested the doc. Just then, Will Farrell realized that Legos were meant to be played with, and the credits started rolling. The mixers decided to brave the elements and see what really caused all the bangs and bumps from their neighbor's house. Be sure to wear slip-on shoes, guys, so we can take them off easily when we enter the house, advised Graham. As they approached the house, bullets began ricocheting off the ground at their feet. Who the fuck are you? cried a voice through the bullhorn. <laughs> We're your neighbors in February. We came to say hi. We bought but we bought a bunt we brought a bunt cake and some yellowtail. Just then the colonel's head flew out of the window of the Fury's house, followed several seconds later by his body. Nervously, the mixers proceeded past the sandbags, heads on spikes, and bulls with inexplicable torn anuses to the front door. Multiple gunshots were heard, and amid the sound of shattering glass, the colonel opened the door for them. Holy shit, said the doctor in awe. I'm no doctor, but didn't we just see your severed head go through a window? Fuck you, replied the colonel with a twinkle in his eye. From the couch, Strange noticed the new visitors. Grudgingly, he moved the hooker's corpse over to one side, and noticing some stray white powder, quickly scooped it up and inhaled it before standing up. He picked up an anvil and in one quick motion bashed the colonel's heads in. While dismantling CNC's corpse and soaking it in acid, he said, Don't get us wrong, guys. We're all really generally, genuinely nice people on our own. But in this house, you won't survive unless you have committed at least one felony by breakfast. That's right, said the colonel from behind them. The entire February contingent instantly defecated while the colonel went on. I've been at this for a long time, he said, skinning a live goat and weaving its hide into a jacket. And if you're not fighting for your survival every day, you are fucked. After several hours of witnessing torture, multiple beheadings, and resurrection, the rapid departure of a busload of embarrassed but satisfied nuns, the mixers returned to their hideout. I found my people, exclaimed the lumber guy. What a rush, uttered Doc. I hope that iguana was okay, said the medic. We need to bring some excitement into our house, said Flyboy. What if, what if we, hear me out, call ourselves the fucking Catalina wine mixer? Ooh, I like it, said Doc. And just then, Buddy the Elf came on TV, and all was right with the world. <laughs> to be continued. Oh so that, 
And so uh, now, folks, we should go on to say <laughs> this is not family material. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is an explicit rating on the podcast, so uh, there hasn't been a clean one to date. I don't think not totally clean. <laughs> they instantly defecated themselves. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Doc Seven is a character words you can't say on TV fly around frequently yeah well i have Ooh. that i have it up on my other i have two computers up right now one of them has our recording and then the other one has the uh what we call what was became called the narrative uh on it and you said who the fuck are you and i looked over at the computer screen and that's exactly the big words that were uh, capitalized across the middle of that particular page because i had scrolled down to part two yeah, uh, and it still gets better. Yeah, God, I yeah. Like stories. Like I said, I'm not going to probably do them all here, but uh, but I think I will. I think I'll actually sit down and do an audio book, so to speak, of the whole thing, because there's some pretty cool parts in it, and uh, and yeah, it's funny. I don't know sure. who else. You know, we get a big kick out of it. I'm not sure who else does. I think others would. Like you yeah, said, it's probably. A it, and but. Most likely, uh, the guys that'll really laugh the hardest, though, are the ones that lived through it. But I, I think there's plenty for everybody. That's how it was written. That you don't have to be in January, you don't have to be in February, in, in those groups, to really get some entertainment value out of it. That's that's why I wrote them. Yep. Uh, and you know, it's another one. Like I was saying, you know, it was a it was a unique way to participate in your quip. And that's what I always say about my recovery. I get this, I get these unique ways, like doing this podcast. I have a host of retreat. I get to do these other things uh, uh, that are unique ways where I get to participate in it. And not everybody necessarily needs that level of participation in order to quit, but my ass does. <laughs> sure. Now, here's a question. Um, seeing as how we'd been talking about the military, how it got it started, how it got us started, and... Uh, Dan, you also mentioned vaping. Yeah. Well, I just saw a commercial the other day, and it, it made me kind of sick to my stomach. Is for a new product uh, or a new vaping product or brand, Juul, yep. J-U-U-L. They're really popular. They look like USB drive. Yeah. Well, you know, I saw a commercial where they were targeting military personnel specifically. Oh, no kidding? Yes, it, it sickened me. I made a note. I was going to bring it up on this podcast. I mean, that is shameless. They should not be doing that. Well, I, you know what? That's not... So where did you see There this? ought to be a law. It's on TV. Uh, I didn't know that they could advertise that stuff. Yes. Well, at least out here. And now, mind you, I, I live in Virginia. And that's a tobacco capital. A tobacco state, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I see these vaping commercials all the time. Now those and they went one step too far. Those vaping things aren't really tobacco, are they? Well, it's not tobacco, but it's they're focusing on the tobacco uh, clientele to say mm-hmm. this is a healthier uh, sure option for you. You know, instead of you know, we're not asking you to mainline the nicotine, you know, in your arm, but by golly, vaping is the next best thing. Um, I'm so, yeah, I, I, and that's interesting on the legalities and I don't know, I'm not going, but when my head told me that it'd be illegal to, cause I know they can't advertise cigarettes or dip or anything like that anymore. Uh, or at least they can't do it, uh, on TV and radio. I think, I think they can still do billboards or maybe they can still do magazine. Maybe I still see the ads in magazines, maybe like for dipping in a hunting magazine. Uh, 
but I didn't I didn't think about that that maybe vaping maybe there are no rules on advertising that but I know they're popular as all grid out and we've been getting newsletters from school because the kids are doing it at school and they got a zero tolerance policy there uh, I'm watching guys that out you know because it's another thing that's kind of you know I, 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 I will stop I have this thing where I want to like start guarding my language and I'm trying to do better and just say fuck it so we get outside of a 12 step recovery meeting man and everybody is just cramming whatever fucking nicotine they happen to have in them outside you know, because they went an hour without smoking or, you know, some of them dip into meetings. Uh, but they're out there, you know, hitting on their vapes, you know, and clouds going up. And now that actually, you know, the art, one of the places where we meet tells us we can't smoke on the ground. So the dudes had to go across the street and smoke in the neighbor's yard. How about that? Oh, wow. <laughs> I know there it. you go. Yeah. Don't smoke on our property. Go across the street. Smoke in their property. But, uh, yeah, those jewels and that stuff, and, and that's one of the part of my, you know, I don't know, I didn't hear you talk about that, but I watch others, and that's part of my story was uh, was switching delivery methods and telling myself I was quitting. I would change from one thing to another and tell you I quit dipping, but I was sitting here huffing on one of them vape pipes, you know, douche flutes, what we now, call that, them. That, that is one thing I will give KTC credit for, not accepting another delivery method for nicotine. Uh, right on. It, it, do, it doesn't matter whether you smoke or you chew or you use a patch or you, you chew the gum or whatever, you know, you're, you're still feeding your addiction. And they didn't put they that was unacceptable there. And that, that is one of part of their method I absolutely agree with. So I'll give I them agree. a little kudos there. Yep, me too. It was a nicotine-free site. I mean, the primary thing was quitting dipping because that's what most of us were doing, but it was doing it nicotine-free. Yeah. And you know what, what I forgot to bring up during my, uh, my episode is guys, I don't think I ever told everybody that I had every possible delivery method on my person during, uh, uh, well, pretty much that last portion of my, my, uh, my addiction, I had it all just to make sure I, I had the dip in case I was in the office. I had, the e-cig in case I wanted, you know, a quick buzz with, you know, without having to go outside to light up my cigarette. And I had the nicotine candies uh, just in case I couldn't do all the above. I had it all. Yeah. Holy cow, you had it covered, didn't you? Well, I had it covered, man. I needed, <laughs> I will always fess up to being one of the biggest nicotine addicts that I've ever known. I had to have it. And it did not matter how I got it, I I would get it. Yep. Yeah, I've definitely uh, had a dip in my mouth and vaped at the same time. <laughs> uh, and it's not really wasn't like a conscious thing. It was just that yeah, I had well, both, I, you know, and and just did it. As you I wanted said an earlier, extra I kick. The, I had the nicotine patch and the and a dip in my mouth. Uh, you know what? You, you're, it's specifically the instructions on the nicotine patches are not to do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was a real man. I was able to do it. I can handle it. Right. Sure. So we're going to take a little break in the middle of some of these podcasts to do what is explained maybe at some point today. Uh, we're going to insert what we're calling a PQA into the podcast. So, uh, what those are public 
quit announcements and it started back when we were doing these videos and uh, I guess I'll take credit for that that I was shooting these videos these quit videos roll calls and and I started doing a PQA and we talked about it being uh, brought to you by the Colonel's Legal Defense Fund and and we were just having fun with it well uh, Jim the Colonel has actually produced some real ones and they are uh, no shit public quit announcements uh, giving you some real true data on quitting nicotine he is uh Certainly one, if not the most uh, knowledgeable person I know as far as the effects of uh, nicotine withdrawal, how to stay quit, and the tools to use. So uh, enjoy this PQA, and then we will pick up on Billy, Jim, and myself in just a minute. Folks, this is the Colonel. You may remember me from episode 126 about nicotine recovery. Well, I'm here with this week's public quit announcement for those of you wishing to add nicotine to your recovery roster. This PQA is brought to you by DTM Woodworking and Handy Dance Services. Everyone always wants to know about that first couple days and how bad it is, or whether theirs was a normal experience. Well, after Lord knows how many times I've gone through it, I can tell you that each one is a little different really just depends on you, the state of your addiction, and some other chemistry crap. But here's what you can expect. At first three days where the nicotine is still in your system, you're going to feel miserable. You'll feel decreasing energy levels and a desire to just bury your head in your pillow until it all goes away. Now we all have to work, so this isn't always possible. So remember, what, are you, what you are feeling during that first 72 hours is your body ridding itself of the nicotine from your system. And probably for those of you addicts as bad as me, you'll also be battling the worst of the physical addiction, i.e. shaky hands, trouble thinking straight, and a constant desire for a nicotine fix. Just remember folks, no matter how bad it is, it will quickly pass, and you will feel a little better with each day of quit you put behind you. Worry not, your physical and psychological symptoms are likely very normal, but just in case you are concerned about some potential medical condition, don't waste any more time listening to me. Go see your doctor. Well, my friends, this has been your PQA for the week. Take it from Dan and I. It all gets better. And you only need to worry about staying quit today, one day at a time. Quit on and carry on, my friends. Colonel Mopo out. So, uh, where do we want to go from here? You know, I, I think there's probably, uh, Billy, uh, throughout your quit, what, what were some of the hardest times for you? Uh, even though you did have this, you know, the life, uh, the life event, you're, you know, basically your, um, your bottom line, I have to quit. But what were some of the phases that you thought were the hardest, day-wise? Well, you know, I it, it took me some time to get past wanting, really wanting a chew when I first got up in the morning, really wanting a chew when I got done eating. Uh, you know, it took me some time to get past that. I mean, you know, a few months, I would say, even. Uh but, you know, I don't, you, I, I, I didn't really, I don't think I had a rage phase uh, particularly. 
Now, my wife might disagree with that. <laughs> so, you know, but but that I that 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 seemed particularly overpowering or anything like that. Like me I and Jim have. Get, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah, I just had to get through that for first few months, uh, you, you know, and, and when once in a while, you know, like I said, I would, I would reach in my pocket for my can. And of course, my can wasn't there. Did that uh, piss you off? <sighs> I knew I had to stay quit. There you go. Uh, you know, you, you know, I, yeah, I was I tempted to, to stop by the convenience store and, and buy a can and take one dip and throw the can away. Yes. But, but I, I had made half-assed attempts before at quitting. I remember I, I was going to quit, right? So, but, but I had a colleague who chewed Copenhagen. So, you know, I, I, I would say, hey, let me bum a dip from you. Sure, here you go. You know, a couple hours later, hey, you know, can I bum another dip? And this went on for several days. And he finally said, you know, you haven't quit chewing. You've quit buying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So I will I'll fix that. So I'd stop by the convenience store on the way in in the morning and I'd buy a can of chew and I'd take a dip or two and then I'd give him the can. And I'd go stop at lunch and get a can of chew. So I was you know, buying two or three cans a day. Yeah, giving them give away. Him a can. Yeah, give them, give them, give, give them away. Yeah, because I'm not going to be... just paying them back, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to be a bum, you know. We always said whatever, you're smoking OPCs. Is that right? Other people's cigarettes. Uh, uh, we would uh, always, yeah, yeah, when people would quit smoking, people would be like, "Yeah, man, I quit smoking. Can I bum one?" Like, yeah, you quit smoking. You now you only smoke OPCs. <laughs> you know, my army dad. Uh, go ahead, Billy. In, in the army, uh, the, the guy, a lot of the guys who smoked would smoke Camel cigarettes. I don't know if you remember this. If, if, if this was the case when you were in the army, the no filters, but they would smoke Camel cigarettes because the. It might be politically incorrect. Forgive me if it is. The black guys would not ask to borrow. If, <laughs> if, if a black guy asked you to borrow a cigarette, bum a cigarette, and you said, yeah, I smoke camels, they, for some for some reason, they, they didn't want anything to do with camels. So a lot of the guys would smoke camels, or at least say they smoked camels. <laughs> That's it. That is interesting. Yeah. No no filters. That's what I always remember about camels. You know, later oh, yeah. on, there were actually people smoking camels today, and people go, well, he smokes camels. Yeah, but today, camels have, most of the time when people say that, they're smoking filtered cigarettes. Yeah, a guy who chewed Copenhagen and swallowed it would probably have smoked cam unfiltered camels. Right, yeah. Too cool. <laughs> you know, and actually, uh, just a, that, that same thing that you were talking about, Billy, kind of took on a different... Uh, a different shape uh, during my years in the army. And it was like, if you didn't want people to bum your cigarettes, you smoke cools or, or uh, Newports, anything that was a menthol uh, because nobody wanted the menthol. That's interesting. Cause uh, that's what I would most of the time. Uh, my, my, I associate menthol cigarettes with, uh, with, with, with black people smoking them. And, my, well, and that again, was political correct or not, whatever. I'm sorry, but that's my, that's my, that's my association. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's, uh, you know, there's validity to that. But at the same time, how many people wanted to bum a menthol cigarette? I hated them. I hated it when somebody, that's all somebody had. But I would smoke it. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> there, there's no cigarette that I could not smoke. So if I they thought they were going to, yeah, if I was going to bum, by God, they go, uh, it's a Newport. I'm like, I don't care. It's a cigarette. 
I need it. And I want it right now. And that's, yeah. uh, that was the story I was going to tell about my dad when he was in the Navy. I mean, back in a day when you actually, you know, you had the cigarette roller. It was like those credit card machines. Yeah. You know, back in a day where they'd swipe it and uh, it would do an imprint on a credit card. Well, that's what the cigarette roller looked like. Yep. Because uh, my parents used to roll their own. And, uh, well... It, when my dad was in the Navy, you could get really, really cheap tobacco, you know, in you know, big bags. And it would be a whole lot cheaper and last a whole lot longer than a pack. So he would buy the good tobacco for himself and buy the, the five cent, really nasty, disgusting shit. And so when somebody would come and try and bum off a doc, my dad, uh, doc would throw Throw the rollers in the bag of the really cheap, disgusting crap and say, roll your own, and you're you're more than welcome to it. So that's how he uh, fought the uh, cigarette bums. Yeah. Well, they have them now where you stuff them little tubes so you can buy them tubes that actually have a filter in them. And then some kind of little contraption puts the tobacco in the tube. You know, you don't really roll them. You, you follow me? Have you seen that? You know what I'm talking? I haven't heard of that. Okay, so they, they looks like so if you laid it on the ground, it's a cigarette with all the tobacco out of it. And this little machine, you buy a bag of bag of tobacco and you fill in fill it with it. Now I have another buddy, and he's actually someplace around a month quit himself doing it on just with my support. He's a sponsee actually, and he's rolled his own, you know. And so like I first started sponsoring him, you know, and he's sitting across the table from me rolling up a cigarette, which is a little bit, you know, it looks like he's rolling something else. So right. it was a was an odd visual. I'm like, hold on, we're getting sober here, man. You're over twisting one up. But he had these little paper filters that he actually rolled up in the cigarette. This little, little, little tic tac size filter that he rolled into the paper. You know, I never could roll. Even back in my dope smoking days, I I would smoke a bong or a pipe. I never never developed the talent to roll. Man, I could. <laughs> I think I still could. <laughs> I still think it's like riding a bike. I bet I could roll one right now. Oh, I'm yeah, sure. fucking potheads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I roll them while I'm driving down the road. Yeah. So the Jim, Jim asked, you know, as I, as I sit here a minute ago, a thing come on, the, uh, come across my radar is if I'm going to continue doing these nicotine um, uh, quitting interview type podcast like this i think i'm a, i think i'm gonna need jim as a co-host to be able to uh, ask these questions i'm real good on the dope and alcohol i'm putting the lead there but i'm finding myself running into uh, holes on uh, what other questions like you were saying about finding rage and how hard was it to quit because it seemed like to me and billy would always I, you know i never knew necessarily you know and that's the other thing about this and it took a little while um to get Billy's humor, you know, for a little bit, I'm like, is he fucking with me or is he really that big a cocksucker? And, uh, and I said, and so I actually, and you, I don't know that you remember, but I actually contacted you at some point and asked you that said, Hey man, I'm cool with being, and I just need you to tell me that that's the deal or not. And you'd said, yeah, man, I'm just screwing around. Don't take anything I'm saying seriously, man. And so that then, sounds like something I would say. Yeah. And so then I was like, from there on out, I just needed some clarity that that's exactly what was going on. Cause I could play that <laughs> game, but you were good at it enough that I'd be like, you know, uh, I ain't liking that some bitch much. <laughs> and, uh, and he still does that to us to this day. Yeah. 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 He'll still piss me off at times where I have run off in my damn closet and want to leave the group and shit again. 
but uh, the th- the thing to keep in mind is I never intend to to have that effect. Yeah. Uh, you know, my wife, as I've said, as I've told you guys many times, my wife tells me all the time, I'm the only one who thinks I'm funny. <laughs> and, and so I have to suffer that cross. Yeah. Well, I know hey, a lot of times too. Do, one thing I do want to mention here a little bit, if you don't mind, a little bit of a sidetrack. As I was being released from the hospital from, I, I had a heart attack in February. Uh, after my bypass surgery a year and a half ago in February, I had a, I had, I had a heart attack. And they send this gal around to talk to you about nutrition. When I had the bypass surgery, they sent the same gal around. I didn't pay any attention. You know, but, but now, obviously, my heart disease, is, because I've had a heart attack now, is not progressing the way I would like to see it progress. And this nutrition gal came around and said, we would like to see everybody be vegetarians. She said, I know that's not reasonable. So, you know, but if you could cut back on meat, you know, one day a week, you know, don't eat meat. So I got to thinking about that. And I read this guy's book, you know, uh, this Dr. Ornish, not necessarily promoting it. But I have turned into, the wife and I have turned into vegetarians. Uh, not vegans. Uh, we haven't gone that far, but but uh, we, we we don't eat meat. We eat a, we eat a plant-based diet. Uh, I feel better. As a result of that, I have lost weight. I've lost about, uh, you know, 22 pounds, I think. I, I was not hugely overweight anyway, but I always needed to lose some weight. Yeah. Uh, for the last many years, I've needed to, needed to lose some weight. Most Americans Shake, fall under that. Uh, yeah, because we eat too much and yeah. we eat the wrong stuff, you know. And, and, you know, but if you go to like an Ethiopian restaurant or you go to an Indian restaurant or something, you know, countries where they, where they don't eat a lot of meat, you find a lot of vegetarian options, uh, you know. So I'm just kind of throwing that out there. I I, I don't know if I told you guys that. Uh, well, you didn't tell me. So is this that? So this is your additional um, move in a healthy direction or recovery step, I guess, or whatever you're adding to your roster I, I, I for health. I, I guess it's it, it's it's part of a move toward a healthier lifestyle. Uh, you know, I I I think there's. I've, 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 like I said, read this, read this Dr. Ornish's book. It's pretty compelling that meat is just not good for you. Not not meat in and of itself necessarily, but the crap they put in in meat uh, to make the beef cattle grow and stuff like that. You know, uh, but but what Dr. Ornish promotes is low fat. That's where he's coming from, and and you can have so little fat in your diet that it precludes the eating meat you can't eat meat and get this get and and stay within where he wants you to be fat wise hmm. and that's any kind of meat you can't eat seafood uh seafood is high in cholesterol uh you know it's, it's certainly better than beef you know i i suppose uh but you know we we don't even we don't even eat seafood uh we're we're, we're and, and our, our objective, again, is to stay, I think I can have 27 grams of fat a day and like five grams of saturated fat. So if you look at a bag of potato chips the next time you're in the convenience store, if I eat that bag of potato chips, you know, you know one of those small bags of potato chips like you see in a convenience store, that is all I can eat all day long. Yeah. Oh, no way. Chips. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh... Well, you, 
you know the good the, yeah. what what and you know and it's and it's interesting because i see this in other people and you know it, it ended up coming to him but it wasn't lost necessary that you're like on a journey to do something better for yourself some other circumstances come about and you ended up finding yourself doing that but why as you get a momentum building thing going under you like you quit one thing that's good for you then you you know i think i've watched people in start looking for other things to do to uh you know to, to also their you know to improve the quality of their life i guess you might say sure i yep. i think in order to be a vegetarian you have to have it requires an attitude change oh, at least yeah. it did for me uh you know and it, you know i i'm i'm incapable of an original thought I, I, I find stuff on the internet. And I found this gal on the internet who said she's a vegetarian. And she said, you have to eat for the nutrition, not because you enjoy eating. Yep. And, and that's kind of the way you have to look at a vegetarian lifestyle. Yep. I love to eat. It's I fuel. love to cook. I make the best pulled pork in the world. I'm telling you what, you, you know, I'm, I guess I am bragging. Yeah. My pulled pork, yeah, that's fine. You, you could you could go to to any barbecue restaurant and my pulled pork would be better. Every everybody would say that, you know. And and I love to cook. I got a big green egg. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know what that is. Yep. But, you know, I've got a big green egg. I love to barbecue, um, but some of that stuff's had to go away in 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 pursuit of a healthier lifestyle. Do you still I grill? Uh, yeah, you know, we grill vegetables. Yeah, uh, in that egg? Yes, yes, yep. I have a, gr a grill walk, and you can grill vegetables in the yep. grill walk. Uh -huh. I do that. Uh, you know, I'm going to can tomatoes here this afternoon, and I'll probably roast some peppers to put in the tomatoes. Uh, you know, Oh, ah, shit, now you're making me hungry, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did this right over across lunchtime. <laughs> But that's hey, interesting, Billy, and I was encouraged, you know, and when Billy and uh, Billy came into town not too awful long ago, uh, I don't really remember how long ago it was, a month or two ago, and uh, and we met up, and him and his wife and me and my girlfriend, and we went out to eat, and he'd never mentioned a thing, you know, we we planned a place to go eat, and we sat down, and then they said they were vegetarians, and I didn't know it. I was surprised, frankly. Uh, I was also a little bit, oh, dude, why didn't you say something? We did, you know, and he said, well, we since I told him where we were going, they had an opportunity to look at the menu and see that there was something on the menu that was, 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 would work for them. Uh, so, uh, it actually, I always get a kick out of people looking to do things, you know, that, that are good for them. I just, I, I, I like to see it. I'm not my cup of tea. I won't say I, I, I quit saying never. I would like to tell you that I will never be a vegetarian or a vegan, but I don't know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and well, I good. wouldn't have been, you know, if, if, if not for my heart disease. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, some, some, uh... So you never can, you, you can never say never. Some, something might come up that just, eh, okay, I, I want to live a little. You know, if I was 80, 82 instead of 62, you know, I might have a little bit different attitude. But I'm not ready to give this up yet, you know, so I'm, I'm going to uh, do the right thing as, as much as I can. Well, Billy, you have a hell of a track record for once you make up your mind about something, uh, you definitely follow through. So I, you know, I, I wish you the best of luck on that. I personally couldn't do it. Before our podcast today, I went to Sam's. I bought five pounds of ground beef and six pounds of chicken drumsticks. Uh. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not going to be, you know, going the route that you are. 
But I, I love the taste of food or different types of food. I love cooking just the same way as you. And I'm not saying that uh, I couldn't experience that with veggies. But I just, I, I'm not there yet. And I don't know if I'd ever be that way. But no, I understand. I'll keep I you in mind if you go that direction. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not advocating that for anybody else. It was just, it was just a decision I had to make. Uh, based you know on medical professionals' advice, uh, you know, and, and I'm not going to say it's been. I'll tell you what, doing the vegetarian lifestyle is probably the most difficult challenge I have faced. It was more difficult than than quitting drugs. It was more difficult than quitting chew. Staying with this vegetarian lifestyle is because I love to eat. I, I like meat. My grandson, I remember my grandson, they were over, you know, been months ago, uh, maybe, maybe a year ago, and I cooked some burgers on the grill. And I always, when I'm grilling burgers, I always buy fat burgers, burger, meat, with a, meat with a high uh, fat content. Yeah, the fat's what tastes good. Sure it is. And my grandson, and, and, and I'm, I, I don't have the ability to touch a hamburger, you know, like, like some people can do and tell how done it is. I have, I have a... Uh, uh, instant read thermometer that I use to tell when it's what's done. Anyway, I remember my grandson saying he would, we were sitting around the table eating out outside. You know, and my grandson said to me, "Poppy, you make the best hamburger in the world." Uh, awesome. <laughs> so he, he was probably really hungry. But, uh, I, I I think they you know they were good burgers. So Side Billy, do you remember? Salt pepper. Do you remember early on a, a kind of? Floating back to the nicotine stuff. Um, do you remember the first time I called you and I, I told you I was looking for somebody I could basically bounce stuff off of? You remember that? Yes. And ever since then, I've kind of considered you my my quit sergeant major. Yes. <laughs> yep, oh, I it, it was, I, I don't know what why that just popped back into my head, but... It was really, really important to to find that kind of connection in anything you you do. You know, you, you've got your wife with the vegetarian thing. Uh, I, I've got you and and Dan for the the nicotine thing, and and it just comes back to brotherhood and and uh, uh, like a support group that which Dan had mentioned earlier that it just heightens your ability to be successful. Sure. So, and, and, and you, know. you know, on the group, on the group, we were discussing uh, where we where we met up there. You know, I could not believe you, you. You were my first experience with a cave coming returning. All right, and I I just could not believe the shit these guys were giving and and really continued to give you. Yeah. Way longer than they gave it to anybody else. They they obviously for some you know. Perhaps they had a good reason. I don't know. Uh, you know, they didn't like you. They did. They didn't <laughs> want you there, uh, and they made that obvious from the very get go. Uh, you, you know, and 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 that's why you, uh, I appreciate that phone call from you. Hey, do I have? I need somebody. <laughs> uh, you know, tell, I think you even you, you even wanted us to tell you when we thought you were getting out of line. You know. Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you know, to bring you back in. And, and, you know, I could say things to you. Uh, even today, I think I could say things to you. I don't exactly know why it is. Maybe because of my age. I don't know. Uh, that other people might not 
be able to say to you or might, you know, I, t- I told you the other day when you when you left the uh, group me, you know, get over yourself or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which brings up a good point. You know, um, just uh, all because we've been quit this long. Uh, the we're in the six sixties and six seventies. Um, uh, we've been at it this long. We are still susceptible to uh, a quit rage every now and then. It the addiction is still there, and it will find a way to make itself known. Yeah, and remind us that we are still nicotine addicts. And I what what was that and that. Uh, term that Irish threw out the other day. Uh, uh, pause. Yep. The post acute withdrawal withdrawal symptom syndrome. Yep. Yeah. And my God, there was if he he's always managed to throw that stuff out there when I need it most, and it it made me feel good knowing you know it wasn't that I was being a petty you know childish crybaby. I, it actually caught me off guard, guys. It really caught me off guard um, that the addiction was going to throw itself uh, out there again when I was not as prepared as I would have been, oh, say, a year ago. And and while you, your tent might not have been to be a petty, childish crybaby, like you said, it that's what that's what it looked like, and it was yeah. easy the next morning. You know, after cooler heads have prevailed, it was easier. It was easy the next morning to get you to see that. You know, you might, you might, you probably couldn't have seen it during the event. You know, you probably would have just disagreed and got more pissed off or whatever. But the next morning, I think you could see, yeah, it did look kind of petty and childish, and and, and uh, you know, and, not, and that's not, what the addiction does. Yeah, certainly, you're right. I I did need to see. Uh, I needed to open my eyes with a clear set of eyes and realize it was, you know, it just not the best way to have approach things. I should have uh, reached out and, and well, we were all venting. That was the whole point. Anyway, we were venting. I just, you I, did. Re- I, I, I didn't will stop. It. Are you there though? You did reach out and I didn't pick up the phone. Oh, you know what? You, you've yeah, got a you life too, brother. Yeah, but you can't say you didn't reach out. That's what my point is. Uh, you did. You actually did. Well, I, if you, you told me that you had, you know, what was going on on your end too. So, you know. Yeah. So I still don't find that to be a, a adequate excuse, but we don't have to dwell on that. But you, my my point is, is that you did, you did reach out. So you can't say that you should have. Well, nobody's available that. 100% of the time and we've all got somebody else we can reach out to if uh, the first choice is not available or whatever. Yep. And, and that, that, that's, the, that's another good thing where we got to give uh, KTC their kudos. Is, 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 and we, I realize we, we did that. I'm rehashing it a little bit. But, but the support network, uh, uh, you know, that, that we still have today. You know, and, and you know, we, can, we can talk smack about KTC and God knows they deserve it uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but we have what we have with each other because of KTC. Yep. That's, that's exactly right, man. And I have a, you know, I have a lot of people that I'm still in contact with on a regular basis, a lot, uh, some of them daily. I still do daily texts with a lot of people, uh, and some of them not so often, but you know, uh, I, I, and I've become really good friends with, uh, 
I don't know if I'd say maybe not a whole lot, but six, seven, eight guys uh-huh. that, uh, that I talk to per- really regularly and we share our lives and what's going on with each other. Uh, Tr- Jesse in California. Uh, yeah. Roger. Per- Jesse. Yep. Roger person who now lives yeah. in Colorado. You know, he was in Texas when we met. Yeah. Uh, and, and I remember, you know, I would go up on top of the hill and call Roger and we would talk on the phone. Uh, my, for some reason, my dumbass decided to quit dipping in October in bow season. You know, I don't know what's going on there, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, that was hard. Uh, and not that it had been any easier any other time, but, uh, and we talked to him and we kind of bonded on those nights cause he was hunting too, you know, on the weekends and, yeah. and so, and then you too, you know, and, and quite a few people, you know, and it's there, you know, what I think to some extent we have a third little thing. We say our common problem is what brought us together, but our common solution is what keeps us together. Uh, is that, you know, we're continuing to stay quit and all that, you know, and I don't know what would really happen. I stayed friends with people who have caved. But there's some little thing about that, you know. I'm a little bit, uh, a little bit judgmental. I fall on a little bit judgmental side of that about uh, people who have uh, have have not been able to keep up with the quit. And see, the, this is where I, I would part company with KTC's methods a little bit. You know, like like when Quentin caved. Uh, you know, we've had other people cave. Uh, you know, hey, it's no big deal to me. You know, if, if, if a guy wants to quit, quit. You know, I'll do what I can to help you. If you don't want to quit, don't quit. You know, it's your decision. It's no big deal to me. Uh, you, you know, and instead of this, you know, where you're not welcome, you know. I mean, every, everybody's welcome as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, whether you quit or not. You know, I, I, I would hope, hopefully, if you're going to, going to hang out with uh, where we hang out, that you at least want to quit. Yeah, uh, but but if it takes a few times to get you get you there, you know, I'll do what I can to help you. Yeah, and that's what we've actually talked about, I think, numerous times. Um, and that is, uh, and and Dan, I think you put it best: it come back as many, you know, come back as many times as it takes to make it work, or whatever your yep. your phraseology was. Yep. yep. And I, I just remember, and it, it's how things changed over time at that site. It. It was we we want to deter the thought that I'm gonna I'm just gonna cave I don't care and that was the intent of the the butt chewings when you would cave and come back it was just to get you to realize what you did understand what you didn't do learn from it and move forward but then it just went on to a whole different level that none of us think is appropriate and uh, uh you know what. In our own little environment now, with our group, me, uh, um, I, I, I think, I think we're taking it the the proper direction, and that is think- okay. Yeah, you might have failed, but hey, let's work through it. Let's make it right for you if you are ready. Well, I, I obviously wasn't a, a member of that site as long as as you, but I submit that it really didn't. They didn't really take the abuse to a whole new level. It, I, I, they took the abuse to a whole new level with you. <laughs> I saw some other people get beat up pretty bad, but what I noticed right off the bat was that Jim got it walking in the door and it never let up, you know. Yeah, it never, Mo- never Most of the time, you never know, people would come back and they'd get their initial little run the gauntlet thing, 
and yeah. and and you know when I saw I was I wasn't aware of that in the beginning because I hadn't seen that happen. But subsequent yeah. to it, you know, so I just seen him keep on beating up on this one guy, man, and it and I and it, and it did put like a soft spot in my heart. I was like, man, this is just not fair, man. Why is this dude? Yeah, yeah, but then sure. I started seeing other people getting the same kind of treatment, but it would fade. You know, they'd run sure. the gauntlet and then they'd be let off the hook and and welcomed in, where Jim yeah. was never really let off the hook on oh. and welcomed in. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, now Jim's I an guess asshole, I was, so you got to take that. In. Yeah, you do have to bring that into account, no doubt. <laughs> I'd do my best, but you know, can't say that any of these other people were uh, on the on the level completely either. So that's kind of one of the things that I was reading through because I, for some something brought me back into reading through some stuff and like how we we ended up with this council that that the three of us are really the. I guess you could say the remaining active members, you know, uh, Kyle's still around a little bit, Brick's still around a little bit. We know what happened to Steve. Uh, but, you know, how that come about was as, as a guy named WSP something another, I can't remember what exactly it was, but uh, had caved and came back and... You know, we were doing what we were supposed to be supposedly, you know, according to the site, what we were supposed to be doing was to, uh, you know, kind of rough this guy up a little bit. It never felt it never felt good to me, but and, and put some consequences on him for his return, which I get a little bit of. I kind of get to I understand that in concept that, uh, you know. In my drug and alcohol world, usually what happens is somebody gets arrested or the wife kicks them out or they got some kind of real consequences that drive them back into wanting to recover. Well, the nicotine, you know, guys ain't going to jail because of that. You know, uh, maybe your wife is pissed, but she's usually not kicking not you out. You. Right. Over it. Right. So, like, that's kind of what the group did was created some consequence for a guy when he was when he when he when he fell. Uh so this guy came back, and they told us we'd by this time done this, and this is going to get too damn technical for some of the people on here, but we had changed over and was doing this table row thing, and it was encouraged that we would maybe put this guy in his own spot on table row and set him off to the side and kind of put the scarlet A on him. Yeah, that, So he that. would have to go over here and post roll until he earned his legs back. So he had caved or something. I, no, he didn't even cave, did he? He just no, quit he went posting. away. He just his quit spiritual. Posting. Remember, it was his spiritual oh, yeah. guide he, thing. He, yeah, he did. He went away on a spiritual mecca kind of thing, didn't he? That's yeah. right. So he quit posting. He didn't tell us that what he was doing because he was embarrassed to tell us, and he just disappeared. So when most people ghost away, you figure they caved, and that's what we sure. figured happened to him. Well, he come back, and we put him in his own little thing according to the guidelines given to us. And when we did that, they ended up coming back and giving us shit for doing that. <laughs> and uh, did you get a vote on that? Yeah. Uh, no, we didn't do a vote. Let's do a vote. Yeah. And and the resulting text and little banter came across on that, and I ran into a screenshot of that the other day of when I first out uttered the words, the council has spoken. We made our decision. And, uh, and, what a crock of shit. Really. Yeah, yeah, and it was really just the a play on, it really was just a complete play on the whole Survivor TV show thing and what they do about, and I don't know what they say, the tribe has spoken or something like that, right? When they yeah, the somebody. tribe has spoken. Yeah, and it was really, and I probably even fucked it up. I probably was actually aiming at that. And, and said council by accident. I'm not sure how it all No, because about. we actually, I think we did uh, establish it as, you know, this, this is what we'll call it. Because we talked, it was like a texting thing or either that or our very we were first talking conference off to the call side. the night before. Yeah, we were talking off the side, but we didn't have a name for it until that morning whenever I just blowed air in there and said that. I went back and, and that, looked at the stuff. 
that pissed the movers and shakers off there too. Because they wanted to know who the fuck the council was. Yeah, that was a really beautiful thing about it. Yeah, is, is there really wasn't a council? Not really. Know, first of all, no. Uh, you know, secondly, just... anybody who wanted to could be a member of the council. <laughs> If they even knew what it was, but yeah. they didn't know, so they didn't ask. Yeah, well, the <laughs> the fact of the matter was, is we couldn't participate and communicate openly on the forum with one another without them muddling in and screwing screwing around with us. Sure. So we had to take offline and communicate, and uh, yeah. and and we didn't keep people out, and it's the same as all the rest of it. You could participate the level you chose to. It just was that there was this half a dozen of us that decided to, to do that. and uh, and It was really the active members of the January group. Yeah, it really was. Was who the council was. Really, yeah, yeah, the ones who actually posted regularly and didn't do yeah. the post and ghost and all that. And, and you know, if posting and ghosting works for you, far be it for me to be critical. Yeah. I just needed more than that. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, for me. Right. I, I think all three of us did. Um, as well as uh, the, the, the less active uh, later members of the council. Because remember, it was, it was just the four of us up front. And then we started expanding a little bit. Yeah, we actually were pulling people in. You know, we were actually recruiting them uh, because, you know, and I don't really, I, I was getting ready to say it because I don't really know why. It's just I think we just wanted, like, to in, to be inclusive. You know, if you wanted in here and you were cool and you were kind of on our level and you were participating at least mildly on the board, uh, then then come into this and be a decision maker and, uh, you know, on the different stuff and be, be come in and be one of us. But you better yeah, be have an ally point. instead of a bad guy. Right. But you better have thick skin, as I was just getting ready to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You better have thick skin. And all, you know, for the most part, all we're did. We're going to fuck with you. <laughs> uh, no, nobody could survive on the council without thick skin. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure anybody could have been an active member of the Fury without thick skin. Yeah, yeah, not, not an active member. I mean, there were, you know, the, the uh, can do it, whatever. You, she used to say she didn't even read this stuff, you know. Yeah. You know, I would, she would text me and I would text her about, you know, something, you know, we'd gotten in trouble or whatever. She was completely unaware of it. She just didn't read it. Yep. She uh, came she, in the morning she, and posted her number and yep. blew out. Yep. That's fine. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I sit with people teaching them how to post, you know, because they couldn't figure out how to do it. And I'd call them up on the telephone. That uh, was another guy that I, I don't, I haven't seen Tom in quite, I haven't talked to Tom in quite some time. I should probably touch base with him. Uh, Putney, Tom Putney. Sure. I, oh, said, right. yeah, I yeah. said last name by accident, but no big deal. Um, so, yeah, he's uh, he was one of the ones that could not get his. I could tell it was just a technical thing, man. He just couldn't get it done, man. But he was catching crap for not being able to do it. You know, so I got on the phone <laughs> with him, man. I said, OK, see that button? See this? Do this? Copy? Paste? But you remember what the fury actually stood for. Yep. Fucked up, up roll, y'all. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That was perfect. Nobody could screw up roll as well as our group. We were just and, awesome. And well, we had sixty something people in it at times, man. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it was huge. Did we have eight? Did we have eighty something at one point in time? Uh, I, you know, I thought it was probably our starting number. Yeah. Yeah. It was way up there, you know, and to get yeah, everybody posting and not stepping on one another and that. Yeah. Yeah. And then cascading. Once you fuck up one, then everybody trying to scramble and post and. I mean, you'd have to go back, what, 50 posts just to find the last unfucked up roll call. Yeah. And yeah. I never had a clue how to fix it. 
Yeah, I got pretty I mean, good I, at I it. I had trouble getting, getting hooked up with this thing uh, so we could talk to each other in this format this morning. This guys. morning, yeah. As we you took, guys know. It took I'm us not, about uh, 20 minutes to get the podcast online this morning, uh, fooling with technical stuff. But I got to do Billy, every time this happens. You were calling me the IT idiot. You were calling me the yeah, IT yeah. idiot. What the? <laughs> well, you know, that, it, it's my story. Let me tell it any way I want. Right? <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, that gets to be, you know, here now, uh, every time something goes wrong, though, I get a new tool in my toolbox for this podcast. So now I know if somebody has an iPad uh, that we can, can, we can do the same thing. Matter of, speaking of that, what's your battery say? It's going to give you the beta warning. Uh, 72% I'm buying. Still? Damn. Yeah, so this is like not using any. I thought that maybe the streaming and stuff would end up using a lot of uh, battery, but I guess it's not. No, apparently not. Good. Uh, you know, I, good I don't have too. the screen on. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, so so that saves some battery. Yeah, uh, yeah. No need to have that. Yeah, so that's a nice thing to know. Yeah. So, just, part three: Revenge of the Fury. Yeah, I was going to say, got to do a CNC. part three. And I, uh, after an interesting visit, the house that Fury built is con- contemplating the overall scene, which is to say, conducting business as usual. Damn it, Josh! Why do you keep encouraging these people? Asked Rains, while he is sweeping up after the last vortex party. With a sheepish grin, JTL just shrugs and says, But I was just out to share some love. Nothing wrong with that, is there? Just then, Probe enters the room, shuffling through the mess on the floor. Just who the fuck is responsible for this mess? Carry on. The whole room just rolls her eyes and with a couple of head nods in JTL's direction. Hey there, cutie, JTL says as Probe works his way across the room trying to get to the fridge. Without missing a beat, Probe stares right at him and growls, Who the fuck are you again? Carry on. But Dad, I'm... Before he can finish, Probe swings his base basketball-sized fist, knocking JTL through the wall and into the next room. With a grunt and a smirk, Probe then mutters, Just get the hell out of my way. I'm thirsty. Carry on. About that time, the colonel enters the room, realizing that the house has been busy since the wine mixers had left, surveying the damage. He raises his hand in time to catch the cold beer Probe just threw at him, and says without batting an eye, Thanks, Probe. I was just about to ask for one. After opening his ice-cold Miller Lite and taking a couple thoughtful drafts, the colonel continues, Well, guys, what did you think about our new neighbors? Shrain pops his head up with his broom in a contemplative gaze. He says, Well... They seem to be a nice enough bunch, except they shit all over our floor. <laughs> I'm not going to say there were bad neighbors for doing so, because after all, you literally scared the shit out of them, Colonel. Well, if you ask me, I think they must all love fat chicks, Kyle chimes in as he enters the room, flipping through, flipping through his recently purchased porno mags. That's just me, though, he says as he continues flipping through the pages and walking right out of the room. Yeah, I suppose we ought to try and normalize diplomatic relations with them, offers Shrains, just to ensure they know we are like, like we are just like everyone else. What? Fuck them all. I'm not going to coddle those youngins' balls, Probe grunts out. Just, they need to quit just like us. Carry on. Just then, the front door swings open, putting everyone on alert. The colonel's trigger finger begins to twitch. A collective sigh of relief is audible as they realize it's just Brick coming back in with the groceries. Hey guys, guess what? I got a great deal on steaks and all the fixing. Want to fire up the grill today? Hey, maybe we can invite the mine mixers over, Brick suggests. Though hardly finished, I also, fin- also finished, visited this new house a little further down the road. Not a whole lot of residents in there yet, but they seem nice. 
Maybe we could just plan a great big block party. Undaunted, Probe repeats his earlier statement. What? Fuck them all. I'm not going to coddle those youngins' balls, Probe <laughs> grunts out. They need to quit just like us. Carry on. Hey, Brick, how about we just handle one potential hazard at a time? I'm still worried about these wine mixer guys, the colonel remarks with total skepticism. I mean, come on, guys, think about it. Look at our house. It's got more battle scars than Gettysburg. We have an awful lot of graves out back as well. Yet these guys live in a beautiful house, no violence, no drama, no dead bodies. There's just something suspicious about that. Just as the colonel finishes his thought, JTL comes crawling back through the rubble of the wall he had most recently flown through. I love them. They're fun, unlike you guys. I really like that lumber guy, and Doc, and Josh, and Dizzy, and his list just continues on and on until the entire role for the wine mistress has been recited. Then he just crosses his legs on the carpet and sits with a stargazing smile and a twinkle in his eyes. Yeah, Catalina. Mmm. Q-Dog had been sitting quietly in the corner, planning his upcoming videos. Finally chimes in. Anyway, Fury, they will certainly benefit from our profound wisdom, if they can handle us. Then I suggest we give them that chance. Then he takes a deep breath, straightens his photo-activated reading glasses, and exclaims, Besides, I need to shoot a video in that house. The furniture was just to die for. <laughs> Fucking talk about Man Glitter Central. That place gives me lots of ideas. The colonel nods and decides to summarize what the group wants. Okay, guys, I also agree. Let's go back there sometime and deliver the barbecue invite. I think that will. Suddenly, the front door slams open again and everyone reaches for their guns. The colonel gets into his combat stance, nickel-plated 357 at the ready. Trigger figure twitching once again. Probe begins pounding his fists together. Shrains limbers up his diplomacy skills and Dog gets his zen warmed up. And JTL, well, he just remains starry-eyed with that shit-eating grin on his face, eager to see who the new visitor is. But all they hear is a quickly spoken... Hi guys, bye guys, and then back out the door. The back door slams shut. Rolling his eyes and clenching his teeth, the colonel hisses out in displeasure. Fuck me to tears already. Those damn posters and ghosters piss me off every time. In unison, everyone in the house just shakes their heads and exclaim, Colonel, you are just a sanctimonious prick. Thanks guys. Now off to February we go then. But this time, they get to meet Probe and we'll release the monk to be continued <laughs> it's funny ain't it <laughs> i forgot about monk yep me too man that's what as i'm reading back through this stuff i forgot about a bunch of stuff yeah uh, set it on the back burner that's why i said i'm gonna do an audio book i might even sell it on on amazon oh that was perfect and you know what the part three i knew it was coming the true intro to today's guest probe himself it was awesome <laughs> yep. We we've never been the same. So it goes on and on, yeah. and man, and I and I said it, I don't know how it'll be interesting to see how long it takes me to read the whole thing, and I probably had to take breaks and patch it back together, which is absolutely no problem. Uh, but I'm going to do that. Another thing that I ah. bumped up against was um, like some of my old scripts when I was so you know we I started doing those YouTube videos and and having fun doing that and. Uh, it started out, I still remember it's day 12, but uh, to now it's a, we're, that thing I was talking about that Jim's been producing lately is we started doing this thing on, I was pretending like I was on a radio station called WKTC, 
and then I was yeah. the DJ, and we would have song requests and other kind of things. And one day I did, uh, I have it sitting here up. I did a uh, the Ten Commandments of Quit because it was after they were making up these fucking rules, just like out of the back of no place. Um, so they'd be they'd pull some nebulous post out of the back of the forum someplace, and it'd be some like uh, I I can't remember, but there was one of them that was actually in a place that was called like. Uh, archive dead something another you know what i mean it was like do not go here this is the basement closet and they pull out a rule out of there and state it and say see you can't do that it says right here uh so we did the ten commandments of quit the thou shall not worship nicotine in any form and and talking about uh uh add uh, uh posting every every damn day and so I found a whole bunch of my notes and stuff from back in then. But what yeah. I'm going at is that we did these PDQs, these public or PQAs, these public quit announcements. And we had come up with this uh, acronym when we were screwing with people about the council called uh, TPAASP, which stood for TCIASP. There you go. You got That's that. That's it. TCIASP. The, the colonel's a sanctimonious prick. Right, and it took all day for him to figure out what that said. But I would say I would come on there and I'd say today's public quit announcement is brought to you by the Colonel's Legal Defense Fund. Please go to tciasp.net for more info. And do you still which was that? a website? Yeah, I was, was going to ask you if you still had that domain's name or not. But my point here is that. Uh, um, Jim has recorded, Colonel has recorded some some real no-shit PQAs about quitting nicotine that I'm going to start inserting into the podcast. I'll insert the very first one into the today's podcast. Uh, so that's something that kind of spun out of this stuff. I had no idea I'd be doing podcasts and nicotine quitting stuff when I was doing those early podcasts or early uh, YouTube videos. Uh, the whole thing just come about in some kind of real, real neat, organic way. I don't... Uh, it was almost like the the script was written. We just hadn't read it yet. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying. I yeah. mean, who would have guessed that, that one we're still together the way we are? Yeah. Somewhere when you, when you talked about them dig, digging that rule out of the archives, remember how we used to piss them off by where can we read these rules you speak of? Yeah, <laughs> that was actually your biggest uh, your your, oh, yeah. your biggest catchphrase was where's it in writing? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's not it's not a, it's not a rule they would say it's a tradition where can i read these traditions you speak of oh it's awesome you had them reeling every time billy and i just ate it up because i agreed with you because in the the nine years i've been with the site i never saw that crap in writing either so i knew true tradition i knew true rules they were just making shit up as it went as it suited them to come against us. Sure. Yeah, and actually it was a little bit, um, you know, that took a bit of work to, like, go back and find that that stuff that they pulled out to, like, use as rules, you know, because, like I said, that one of them was in some kind of archive, dead folder, some kind of, you know, uh, I can't, I, I, I wish I could go back and get to where it came from, but, I mean, it was obviously, like, you fucking scraped it up off the basement floor and presented it sure. to us like a rule. Yep. It's like, no, you cannot. No, I am not accepting that one bit. So then I started learning their actual rules because I did have some. 
like the stuff about posting uh, when I was ba- when I was on preview and stuff, and I wasn't supposed to post on. In I couldn't post in the quit rooms without being on roll, and I posted in my in my intro, and they come back and reprimanded me and said I violated a rule, and it just got crazy for a little bit there. Um, here's what, here's the PQA on the day here. It says, uh, things are always darkest just before they turn completely black. I think, uh, I think probe said that, didn't you? Or I don't want to YouTube come so, yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And so, and so my final line on, and finally, I'm having a blast quitting with y'all today is day 65 and I quit with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and your other catchphrase, if you're not having fun with your quit, yeah. it's your own damn yeah. fault. Right. Yep. I actually sat down and actually wrote scripts for some of this shit. Sat down and typed them up and wrote them out so that when I got on the air and did it for real, I'd have uh, at least some, some go-by. Sometimes they were just, uh, sometimes I just wang, uh, just wung it, you know. Well, dude, that was good stuff. And it was an aspect of involvement that nobody had tried yet. So you had the virtue of, you know, being the first to do the video roll call post and the fact that you did it every single day. Yeah. They called it quit porn. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was great quit porn. <laughs> yeah. Cause then if I wasn't doing it, man, I, if I hadn't got mine out yet or something, uh, there'd be the little guy, the little emoji with him tapping on his wristwatch, or I'd be getting texts going, uh, dude, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all true. It's all true. And, but it, it was a benefit to you Yeah, because you did it on your good days as well as your bad days, yep. which was important. Yeah, I have some real personal vulnerable stuff out there in that on that doggone hunt YouTube page. I've abandoned it since I've switched over and I'm doing all my YouTube stuff in another place. I'm really not keeping up on it as well. With, but I do post the Spiritual Underground podcast there. Uh, these uh, just don't do many videos live as much as I, as I would like to. But, uh, yeah, the day that I had the big, the 30-day crash, the rage event, you know, and I come back on there and I did a video apology of, you know, and I apologize to the group for being such a dickhead. Uh, and that's pretty damn, you know, I think I shed a tear in that fucking video and then posted it. And they well, were, you could definitely hear the sincerity. Yeah, they were real. That wasn't, there wasn't, wasn't no bullshit. Well, man, I guess guys, the bottom line for everybody is just say, you know what? Uh, quitting anything takes determination and uh, you have to you have to be vulnerable. You have to allow yourself to be vulnerable to a degree. Yep, you certainly do. And what is it? Uh, first, you got to accept that you have a problem. Yep. Right. That is so, it. That is uh, step one of the twelve steps, man. Admit that I'm powerless over this shit I got, and I'm unable to fix it on my own. And it doesn't matter what the substance is. Nope. That's I guess that's the whole point of our. Uh, nicotine podcast yeah and uh, another thing i picked up and brought into there was that you know i could never quit on my own i never could man i tried and tried and tried to quit on my own and i just never could do it but we seem to be able to you know i could never get it done until i come into a group of other people doing it with me i agree we guys we have almost been here two hours I think that's a good time. Yeah, it's an hour and 10 minutes, or 110 minutes right now. So that's, uh, what, 10, uh, almost 10 minutes short of two hours anyway. Yeah. It's kind of fun. I liked it. I enjoyed it, guys. Me too, guy, me too. Uh, one of the things that we do when we do this, and I think we covered everything pretty well, and we certainly doesn't have to be the last one because I would like to do some more. I'm just shooting shit, and uh, I would like to have uh, Jim continue to be my co-host when I do a nicotine podcast. 
uh, like happy to, get, to do it. Irish is open to it. Uh, the only thing with the, and I think uh, that'd be another challenge too, because there's one piece of me would like to have Irish face to face with me, but I don't know how to bring in a remote person then. But I bet I could figure it out. I'm uh, sure you could. And uh, a couple other things that I always like to offer when we get ready to get off of here is a concluding thought. So if there's any concluding thought, anything you want to tell somebody who maybe is trying to quit or anything you want to share about your experience in quitting or or our friendship or whatever, con- a concluding thought, uh, this is your time. And that is inviting either or both of you <laughs> to do that. Billy, uh, you, you are the guest of honor today, so I'll leave it to you first. Well, the only thing I can say is, is you know, it, 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 if you want to quit nicotine use, you can do it. But you can't do it if you're not serious about it. Ah, uh, yes. I, I don't know how many times I gave a half-assed attempt. You know, I was talking about, you know, I bummed the chew from the guy, you know. I mean, that's not quitting. Putting a patch on your arm is not quitting. You know, it, 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 but if you're serious, if you're committed, you can do it. You just got to get through the first, well, you know, they say, they say 100 days. I don't think 100 days is long enough. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, th- I would say if you get through the first year, it, you know, you, you've, the, the, the challenging part of it, of, of quitting is over. So you've got to be, to commit yourself to a process that's going to take you a year to accomplish, you better be serious about it. And if you are, you can do it. Yeah, I I agree, and it's it really that seriousness. You just you just got to do it one day, at a time, and use that strength of that passing day, to just reinforce your next day. And those those dates are just going to roll on you, and you'll end up uh, where every you know where we are. Um, and it was not easy coming up on two uh, years. Yeah, uh, none of this was easy, folks, and I'm here to tell you with. Lord knows how many failures under my belt. Uh, this one is is taking because I did what Billy just uh, uh, just mentioned. I was serious this time. I made a decision for myself, not for somebody else, not because of some other reason. I was serious this time, and I, I'm sitting pretty at six seventy two. Um, because of it and because of these great people that I'm sitting here, uh, sitting here with right now. So thank you. Very cool stuff, fellas. My day is, uh, I guess day 662, right? Uh, 684 for me. Yeah. You're a little chunk ahead of us. I'm on the tail end. There's only a couple other people. Yeah. I was one of the first, one of the, one of the first, you know, I believe it was a 30 day thing, you know, if you if if your day one was during this thirty days, and I was toward the beginning of that uh, cycle. Yeah, I think there's just, like, just luck of the draw, I guess. Yeah, when you jumped in there, yeah, and uh, that's another thing. Isn't that interesting how we're all spread out across there, and we ended up having this uh, friendship that carried on. Well, man, uh, thank you all for being my friend. Thank you all for helping me with this thing today, and and help me stay quit one day at a time. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. We all have our personalities and, and I think Jim and I probably are a little more volatile on the emotional end of, uh, getting our panties in a wad now and again and doing kind That's of right. embarrassing like shit. Of yeah, I don't there, like any of you fuckers anyway. Yeah. There's another probe <laughs> tagline for sure. Uh, but you know, we always, uh, come back and, uh, and, and don't let it like, 
be a long-term thing, go off and kick the damn uh, bushes for a little bit and come back and, and continue to quit. So I look forward to quitting you, with you all for a long time and I really have some hope that we can, like, you know, continue to help some other people get quit, too. That would be nice. You so, bet. Uh, part of that's this. So uh, that, that spiritualunderground.org has a contact me page, man. And if that's your deal that you're looking to do, uh, hopefully I could share some, we can share some experience, strength, and hope on how to get off of that subject, sub substance, if you're uh, wanting to do it. And I know since, uh, and I've said this, I'll just tap on it one more time, uh, because of Jim's, um, podcast a, a month ago whenever that was when we did the nicotine quit one i've had a number of people come up to me and talk to me about quitting now whether they do or they don't i don't know and uh but the seed was planted and that actually is the seed that got planted into tony for him to begin his quit uh adventure again was listening to the colonel's podcast here was what spurred him to uh jump back in the boat happy so, to have helped too yeah so that is that's cool stuff so love both of you guys uh go to love you brother go to uh, spiritualunderground.org for pictures i don't know if i have pictures on this or not i might try to see if you guys i could use gyms over again uh or i could also use the me and billy when we went out to eat tonight and, there you uh, go. That's and a good one. photoshop those together and use, use I'm a good for the thing one. yeah all right you'll know which one's <laughs> which one's billy and uh what else uh i think i'll wrap jim's uh music around this podcast again awesome and uh and what else 12 that, steps that'll towards... be our nicotine quit theme song yeah you'll be able to tell when darren frank's chill music is around it it's a 12-step dope and alcohol podcast and when you hear the little bit more upbeat uh what was the name of it collateral damage yeah collateral damage then you'll know that it's a uh, nicotine quitting uh it's a little what's a little bit fitting too um i thought i'd quit some hard shit in my life and when i come up against nicotine i learned a lesson that uh that i wasn't going to be able to take nicotine as lightly as i thought i was going to so uh last piece of the commercial is uh 12 step spiritual recovery gonna help you uh that earlier when i said you know the reason why we do this stuff is to change the way we feel and the core thing is is to figure out why i need this thing why i have this need to change the way i feel and the 12 steps can help you with that so uh 12 step spiritual recoveries at amazon with uh james christopher cone and uh you guys just hang on for a second because i'm gonna end this thing and then we can talk for just a minute before it completely goes dead so thank you all for allowing me to participate in my recovery in this matter today if you're not having fun with your quit it's your own damn fault and i am having a blast quitting with you peace out <laughs>